0: Welcome to A Little Louder Now, a podcast produced by The Bridge Initiative and FI 360 Project. I'm Tara McBride. Holy smokes, these times are a lot for every single one of us to absorb. How can anyone be expected to maintain a clear focus at work with so much going on around us? Alex and I felt like this was an ideal time to talk about the deep relationships we each have cultivated with a colleague that helps us to maintain balance no matter the circumstances. In this episode, we introduce you to Alicia Mater, who you may know from our Breaking Barriers series, and Tyler Kirkland, the people we lovingly call our work spouses. The four of us have an open discussion about how we connected and why our respective relationships are the adorable secret to our ongoing professional and personal success. We also offer our thoughts on how to find your own work spouse, but don't worry, no dating apps are required. We hope you enjoy this episode of A Little Louder Now featuring Alicia and Tyler. Well, Alex and I um, invited our work spouses, you, Alicia, and Tyler, to participate in our our podcast, A Little Louder Now, because we wanted to talk about um, the importance of work spouses. And so I guess we'll get into that a bit. Um, in this conversation, what we think of work spouses, and you know what the definition of that is to us, and really, um, you know why why we value the relationships that we have with each of you so much, and that they're deep and close, and but they also are work, you know, work origin relationships, which I, I think that a lot of people, I mean, I know myself, I try to keep some distance between myself and my work relationships, just as a general rule of thumb, um, particularly for a manager. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just good to have a little bit of distance, um, particularly if you have to discipline or um, kind of guide people. But I think um, there is some value in finding that person, that kind of touchstone that understands the work that you're doing in a way that nobody else can, um, where you can be candid and Open without judgment, and I mean, for me personally, I'm just I'm such an emotional person that I do need somebody there that I can go to and just like just uh, scream, <laughs> <The perverse> <laughs> scream, <laughs> and have that not be a a problem, and then you know calm down and talk through things. So I just I think it's a I'm excited. I'm sure Alex is too. To uh, I am, yeah. Talk about our special relationships with each other um yeah you you said you said scream you
1: you're emotional you like to scream um I Alicia and I walk
0: mm-hmm. so
1: like I'm sure that you specifically Tara have seen me and Alicia walking the hallway at work yes I have that's how that's how the two of us work our problems out and how we do our screaming for lack of a better term at work
2: yeah it's the same sort of energy release, just Quieter, yeah. I guess,
0: yeah. Well, we try. We try to be quieter. We try to like yeah. whisper. Yeah, yeah. Whisper scream. <laughs> it's a much more productive way of releasing that energy, I suppose.
2: <laughs> you know, so, it's whatever works for you. Is I yeah. how I feel, but yeah, we we definitely walk and um talk it out, and I think that that personally really helps me. It gives me perspective. Mm-hmm. Um. I think the biggest thing about my work spouse, who is Alex, listener, if you haven't figured that out yet, um, (laughs) listen to any one of our podcasts. (laughs) Um, I think for me, the biggest gift in that relationship is perspective. And, um, there are times when I get worked up about something elevated, if you will, about something. And, um, I need perspective that, you know, this really isn't that big of a deal. Like, I understand why you're upset, but take a step back and think about it. Um, so I think that that's the biggest asset to me, um, on the receiving end. Mm -hmm. Um, but I also feel like it's just having a person that you can speak to in a, in a position of trust that, you know, whatever is said is, isn't going to go anywhere and, you know, you can have that 10 minutes to scream or walk or whatever that release is and then say, okay, I'm over it. Thanks. Bye. (laughs) Or or help me get some perspective on this. Or what are your thoughts on this? Um, Just to really add to your um, professional knowledge in terms of how to, how to move forward in certain situations.
1: Kyler, what's your release? Like, do you, do you scream? Do you walk? What do you do?
3: I think that for me, I, I wouldn't say I scream. Okay. I would say that Tara provides me the means of having the conversation the way that I would like to have it, you know, uncensored, uh, full of calling people out of their names potentially or a four-year-old variation of it, like stupid head. Um, stupid <laughs> <or, you> know. <laughs> calling people incompetent and those kind of things without saying it to their face, just so I can kind of get it all out there in a word vomit situation. And then once I can like get it out there, it's kind of like typing an email really well. You're upset and then backspacing the entire thing. But yeah, yeah I've done that.
2: Me to too. Do
3: it, right. So it's just like, let me tell you what happened. And then like word vomiting and getting the initial frustration out there. So that I can be professional in my actual response to a situation. She's, she's very good at absorbing my reaction, if you will, Allow me to use those two terms, responding versus reacting. Uh, she's you kind love of those great, terms. I do. She's kind of the great equalizer and, and lets the maybe too spicy Tyler cool down before th- in, engaging in further com- communication with the people who yeah. irritate me.
0: Yeah,
1: I really like that turn, that title that you just gave Tara, the great equalizer.
2: That's a great title for Tara. <laughs> yeah,
0: I feel <agree>. like <laughs> more nicknames at FI 360 than I think any other job. I, <laughs> I, love
2: love <laughs> I will only be responding to you and calling you the great equalizer now. You are no longer Tara. That is your name.
0: <laughs> was it like Commander
2: Youngblood or something like that? Yeah, it was that too. The I great, love
1: Commander Youngblood.
2: Too. Commander That's, Youngblood, was, comma the Great Equalizer. I'm in. <laughs> Where's my shield?
0: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, that, does, that does deserve a shield. Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, I, I completely agree with the way that Tyler positioned it. You know, I started off saying screaming, but he definitely put it in a more eloquent way, which is <laughs> <laughs> not actually screaming, but being able to get the emotion part. Of what you're experiencing in a professional situation, getting it out of your body. It's uh, and if anybody journals, I think that it's kind of the same thing. It's just like a, a way of getting the thing that's in your brain out of your out of your brain, and then like pushing that emotion, like getting that emotion aside and processing it and acknowledging that it's real, and then saying, okay, but that's not how a professional Operates. That's not how a professional communicates. So, how do I need to approach this in a way? At, to kind of steal Tyler's phrase, um, respond, not react. How can I respond in a way that's professional, but that gets my point across? Why I'm frustrated, so that we're productive and can move forward as a team. Because in the end, even if you're you're angry about something that somebody did um or frustrated you still have to operate as a team um, at right. the end of the day so you know using emotion to interact in a situation where you're frustrated is not going to um foster that kind of professional team relationship so that's i mean it's definitely something that i've valued in my relationship with tyler that we can um be very open and um as he said just kind of like <laughs> call people stupid face. And
2: then <laughs>
3: and stupid head,
2: Tara, stupid, stupid head. head. It's the whole head. All
3: of it. Like Not just your face. Entire it's the
2: entirety of
0: your head. Not just the visage. So yeah, it's, it's just really helpful. And, you know, and he doesn't ever judge me and he'll, he, he's very good. Tyler, you are very good. Let me, let me speak to you. You're very good at helping me think about things in a way that I haven't before. Um, and to be, to be the person that I know I am when I'm not feeling it. Like, I just feel like you're so good at, um, reminding me of what I stand for, what my values are and how I want to approach something. Um, so I'm, I'm always so thankful for that kind of a, that kind of perspective. He's amazing. Thank you.
3: And yeah, I, I would say like, you know, work spells is a great when times are tough and I know we've each just kind of given an example of how we help each other overcome those, I'm going to use the word hardships, but um, having a work spouse also is really amazing for those good things because you have someone who is so undeniably excited for your success and it kind of makes your victories shared victories. And whenever you have that camaraderie, um, I will save you the, the boring conversation and i was about to go neurosciency because that's what i've been focusing on a lot no. training my brain
2: but
3: <laughs> i'll summarize and say when you have these like shared successes it just reinforces that circle of safety and neurologically speaking that's what you need in order to to become better it's kind of our body's natural reinforcement of good actions and good behaviors, so to speak. So uh, having a standard person there to uh, relish in your glory and your success and that be mutual, it just also strengthens that bond. And it's not only important during those down moments, whenever you're upset and you're emotionally ridden with anger or rage or any of those other negative uh, words, but also, to to have that shared success be um something that you both enjoy as well.
0: Yeah. Right. Yeah,
1: I remember last last summer when Alicia was promoted and I I remember feeling that that sense of pride that you know she accomplished her goal. And um you know, it was it was kind of like I, I felt like it was kind of a shared success, you know, I got to celebrate with her. And I was um, and still am very proud of her for what she's accomplished.
2: You celebrate my successes and more in my failures as your own. And I think that's what we're all trying to get at is that it's someone who's so invested in you and believes in you so much that not only will they be happy for you when you win, but they'll dust you off when you lose too. And yeah, help you pick you back up. Right. And also serve as a foil to you when maybe you shouldn't, you know, maybe you should back off a little bit or, you know, maybe this maybe is shouldn't write that email. <laughs> yeah. Let's take a walk. Or maybe, maybe you need to look at it from this perspective. You know, can you see it from that person's perspective too, to make you not only a better team player and a better manager and a better employee, but a better person. Mm-hmm. And I think that that's really important. Yeah. I
0: completely agree. So, like, let's take a let's take a step back for just a second. And um, Alex and Alicia, I think that you know, if, if somebody's listening to this, they might be thinking to themselves, okay, that's that all sounds really awesome, but how do I find that person? How do I find that? <laughs> you know, we're using the phrase work spouse, and that's just like a loving phrase that we've given each other. Um, but I think in the end, it's really a, a person. In your, in your work environment, who understands what you're going through at work, that you can rely on. It's not a mentor-mentee relationship. It's a little bit different from that. Um, it's just a really deep kind of personal relationship that's a, a good friendship. Um, and so I'm just curious, how did you two find each other because I, I think that from what I understand of our conversations previously, it wasn't, you know, let's continue with the spouse analogy. It wasn't quote unquote, love at first sight for the two of you.
1: (laughs) That's right. It was, uh, it was not love at first sight for us. Um, so I, I started at the FI as we lovingly call it.
2: Uh, 93 years ago. (laughs)
1: Nine, just nine years ago. (laughs) I was just drinking
0: a sip of water to stay hydrated for this hour, Alicia, and I almost spit it on my face. (laughs) It's
2: not fair. It's (laughs) been 84 years.
1: (laughs) Alicia loves to use the gif of um, the old lady from Titanic saying, it's been 84 years. (laughs) Um, as, As a reference point to how long I've been at the FI. Um, Sometimes it does seem like 84 years, but no, it's just been nine years. And um, Alicia's, she she started um, just about three and a half years ago.
2: Three and a half. And
1: um, so part of, I was in, I still am in the professional development department and um, part of their training in customer support um, involves me teaching them just like a, a little piece of professional development um at the end of their training before they're kind of released into the wild and so I have these meetings with them And my meeting with Alicia it didn't go very well I mean she knew her stuff she was she was great um so ready to be thrown to the wolves but um like I I don't know I kind of um Alicia what do you remember about that that meeting I I remember you know being like oh this girl might be a
2: problem for me. Right. That's how I felt too. It was, it was like, hmm. But I think, I think we're both sort of lone wolves to like yeah. make the super, like a weird analogy. It's the only one I could really think of. We're both sort of lone wolves and we're both very like self-sufficient and self-sustaining. And I think we recognize that in an, in each other. And it was like, oh, a worthy opponent. Like, hmm. Opponent. Like, Ooh, some, someone else who like, sort of like a mutual respect, but also like, I need to feel you out. (laughs) (laughs) So that's what I remember. And I remember like the next couple of months, it was, it was a, you know, are we friend or foe? Like, is it, are we, are we going to form a pack or are we not? I don't know. (laughs) Pack of wolves. Um, but the the way that we actually became
1: friendly was not through work really at all, but it was through my book club um, that I run uh, with my best friend. And um, we were reading this book and Alicia and I had, had talked about books. Um, we were talking about books with some of the other people in cubes near her. And um, she asked me if I could, if she could borrow the book. And I was like, uh yeah but if if you don't return this book to me in the exact condition that i gave it to you we're gonna have a huge problem
2: i mean that's that's basic book lending law is that you return it in the same if if not better
1: so i lent her this book that was like a 400 page book on like a tuesday and she returned it to me on wednesday morning and she was like do you have the next one wow um yeah, so after that, we became friends because she was like, we need to talk about this book. And she and I had a conversation over lunch that day about this book. And I was like, you should come to book club. And she came to book club. And that was, that was that the was start that. of our, <laughs> our work relationship. That's yeah, I uh, think-
0: pretty amazing that it took, it took uh, a book, yeah, kind of break down those barriers that seem to had they had started to kind of build up a little bit, um, but that's a personal thing, right? I know Alex, you're very, you are an avid reader. Books mm-hmm. are are so important to you. Um, I think that I speak your language because I come from a, a woman who like literally reads a hundred books a year and takes uh, Cliff's notes for herself so she can be reminded of what parts she liked and why. Um, so I, I I think you and I speak the same language and that's why I understand you. But um it sounds like your relationship started from a place that wasn't really positive, but you found something maybe outside of work to bond over, and that's that's where it it's it where it all began.
2: Yeah. I don't I don't know if I would say that our relationship started in a in a not positive place. It just started in sort of a neutral space. You know, it was for me at least, and Alex, you can tell me if you had a different experience, but for me at least it was more of a, okay, this person, you know, this is either going to go really well or it's not. <laughs> and, you know, I need to, um, we need to sort of get the lie of the land with each other, see see how we feel about it. And, um, you know, form a, a friendship a little more slowly. It, it, each step was like a conscious pursuit of a relationship a friendship whereas i I know that you and tyler had a very different story you know ours was very very much a conscious progression toward each other in small steps Mm -hmm. um it almost
3: sounds like your work relationship kind of was forged out of your outside of work relationship but work happened to be where you all met
2: yeah,
1: yeah, I would agree. But you guys had a different real start to your relationship and a kind of like origin story, if you will. Tell, you. tell us about that.
3: <laughs> Do you yes. want me to take
0: it? Go for it, Tyler. You're so much better yeah. at storytelling than me. I'm
3: not, but thank you. You gas me up always, and always. it will get you everywhere in life. <laughs> uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, but in are all serious, miss. Uh, whenever I... So Terra came into FI 360 to oversee the marketing op- operation. And I, at the, that time was overseeing the sales operation, um, as one of my hats. And I don't know, I just, was tired of the way that things was, it, things were, yep. Things were in the past. Uh, and that being a disjoint marketing and sales effort. So, um, When Tara was hired, uh, she and I just forged this work bond of we depend on each other to be successful. And our success breeds success for the other departments in the organization. Um, But if you and I stay united on this, let's do work and do work well, um, then we can't fail. And that kind of mindset... Has proven even to this day through acquiring a company and being acquired that when you have an alignment between two departments or really multiple departments, but two departments that have strong leaders, because Tara is a fierce, strong leader, and yes. I am too. I'm very aggressive most of the time, and um, sometimes that is a scary thing, but Tara <laughs> deals with me very well, might I add. <laughs> um, <laughs> but we we had this work, the work came first and we decided to put it first and put forth a product that we were proud of and something that we would be happy to you know, sign our name to. Um, but through our work engagements, we began to foster a friendship outside of work. and uh, And that's when I think that you can add the word like spouse or wife or husband to the the relationship, right? We use the word work wife and work husband. Um, but before she was my work wife, she was my patron's charm. And yeah. Yeah. because she that. was always there to kind of protect my department and she was like not only the great equalizer, but kind of my protector in a way because she... She went out into the world and put forth the message that my departments had to respond to, react to, and justify. So if anything that she put out there was not sound, we had to clean it up. And the fact that I could trust her to do that, and we had that relationship at work, uh, put her in a protector type of role for me first. And then we kind of transitioned into where we were work spouses, because we took that work relationship and made it a little bit deeper, I think, where we yeah. not only forced each other to grow but challenged each other to grow and be better and bring the best out of each other and identify, I think our worst traits because we trusted each other to be candid
0: yeah vulnerable yeah mm-hmm. no, I completely agree I, I mean I feel like when i when I first came on board, I, I could tell almost immediately, just based on conversations I had, just even with my own team, that there was a really deep us versus them mentality in the marketing department. And it was not just with sales and support. It was literally with everybody. Um, And so my number one priority going into this role was number, we we first need to make sure that people understand what to expect from marketing. It is not um, subpar quality and, um, mistakes that I expect if we're going to put out a product that it is of the level that, um, an agency, a world-class agency would put out. We are, we are the service provider. We, our clients are our team. It's, it's the sales team. It's the product team. We are delivering, um, creative and collateral for the people who, with whom we work. And so to me, that was, you know, step one is to get this, uh, get some respect for the marketing department, but that had to come from within. We needed to start producing something that was just better quality. But the second part of it for me was that um, we needed to stop looking at our team outside of marketing as our adversaries, um, that we are in this together. And unless, and to what Tyler was saying before, unless we work together, you know, it makes success so much harder when the people who are supposed to be helping each other are elbowing each other in the face all along the way. Like, could you imagine? Could you imagine a football team? Could you imagine the New York, the New New York, New England Patriots with Tom Brady and all this like all-stars, this all-star team punching each other on the way down to the goal line? Or like, you know, the, the 90s Bulls, Chicago Bulls, like, pushing each other over off the court just to have their own personal glory. It makes no sense. We all, yeah, those are sports metaphors, I Tyler. Just-
3: <laughs> right. She knows I don't sports, but you know, it's As for listeners.
0: <laughs> but it just doesn't, it never made sense to me why you'd want to dig in your heels and go to battle with the people who you're supposed to be on the same team with. It just doesn't, it doesn't compute for me unless somebody mm-hmm. is being blatantly disrespectful. And Tyler never, ever was that way with me um, and never approached my team in my presence that way. And I'm sure even outside of my presence. So I could not understand this like divide between the two. And you know, what he said before was true. Marketing and sales must work in tandem or else there will be, it, it's, it's failed. It's it failed before it even started. So and I, I think that there was just like this deep history of marketing being, you know, um, difficult to work with. So we remedied that pretty quickly. And I think that alone opened Tyler up to the idea that um, I was there to be an advocate for us. You know, yes, for sales, but for us, because we wanted to have the best of everything that we we did as a company. You know, we believe in this company deeply. We believe in fiduciary standards of care. So yeah. mission is not a problem. We, we believe in it. Um, but what is it that we're putting out there? Like we have to be able to stand behind that message, um, and the aesthetics of what we're doing or else it's all going to fall apart. So I just think that being open to the idea that, Hey, you know, Tyler's not in marketing, but gee, I mean, like a lot of what he does ties directly to what we do. Maybe he has some thoughts around that. I think that he just really appreciated the idea that somebody wanted to hear what he had to say. And then if he was not in the room, that he could trust that somebody who was in the room would say, uh, yo, has Tyler heard about this yet? Because you know the support team's gonna get a ton of calls unless somebody talks to him about it. So yeah, I mean, I, I just, I care about the work that we do. And I think being open to each other and then sharing some personal stories and kind of feeling good about like, where we come from personally um, deepen that kind of fundamental professional relationship um, to a point where we could say, you know, I care about this person personally and where they go in the future, whether it's here or elsewhere, I want them to be successful. So I'm going to do everything I can to make sure that that happens. Um, It's an important thing um, for me and to make sure that Tyler is a happy person.
1: <laughs> all around. I think it's I think that's a goal for all of us is to make sure that Tyler is a happy person most of the time. Um but yeah, I think that you hit on a really interesting point. One of the, like like Tyler was saying earlier, you know, we're not just work spouses, you know, work wives, husbands, um partners when, you know, the bad stuff is going on. Um you know, a lot of our listeners know probably know this story, but um, you know, Alicia and I came up with the bridge initiative initially. Um, That was something that, you know, we came back from um, our 2018 conference and that was Alicia's first conference. And um, she was helping me with our continuing education there. And so I I sat down with her afterwards and I, I do this for um, a bunch of different people. And I, I said, okay, you've been to your first conference. What can we do better? Um, Because I am on the conference committee, so I do have a a seat at the table um, and a a voice that can be heard to the committee um, to make changes. And the one thing that, she had a bunch of of notes. Anybody who knows Alicia knows that she had pages, article one, yes, lists. She she has so many lists. I'm (laughs) going to take this
2: all as a compliment. (laughs) Well, <laughs> she, she
1: number one, so oh, okay. yeah. um, but you know the the one thing that she really that really you know dug claws into me was about the the one hour um networking reception that we have for women at our conference and she was like you know we can do better than this and I was like okay well how do we do better like let's talk about it and she and I locked ourselves in a conference room and we basically whiteboarded and brainstormed the entire bridge initiative out. And, you know, at that point, you know, we kind of like got our thoughts together and and we realized that at that point it was too big for the two of us uh-huh. and we needed help. And we were like, who, who are the best people that, that could help us with this? And that would be as passionate about this as we are. And immediately it was Tara and Kelly. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. We knew, we knew. Um, So, you know, the work spouses, yes, they're there for you during the bad times. They're there for you to celebrate your good times. But they're also there, you know, as Tara was saying, to to make you better and to make things better and, and to push you outside of your comfort zone and to affect change, basically.
2: And I, would, I would actually argue that um, my, because Tyler is my boss, um, Tyler's trust of Tara and his relationship with Tara sort of accelerated my trust and relationship with Tara because, you know, I I trust Tyler and I respect Tyler and Tyler trusts and respects Tara, so through the transitive property, I should probably respect and trust Tara, too. And <laughs> So what? I I oh, think nice. that yes, math math I don't even know
0: Is that common core? I
2: can't. Not, no. <laughs> no it's not. I
0: haven't I I don't know common core and I have to do <laughs> it right now. Thanks for
2: <laughs> <you. laughs> Anyway. So but I I I think that through my respect and trust of Tyler and his respect and trust of Tara, for example, I was able to approach Tara in a more open way than I typically would another coworker because I like Tara, like to keep some distance. And um, you know, I think that that is important for a lot of reasons, but sometimes it's really not as necessary. So you can you can be friends outside of work with people. And I think that my um, fondness of Tara was accelerated because of the trust she had gained and earned from both Alex and Tyler. And I think that that probably worked the same way for anyone else. I don't know.
0: Yeah, I mean, we've talked about this, right? So I feel like, um, you know, we're we've worked in a, it's a relatively small company, right? A hundred people by the time we were acquired, give or take, you know, nine or 10 is, it's still a small company, um, by most measures. So we were working in pretty tight quarters. And I think that having some perspective on personalities based on other interactions. So like I could go to Tyler and say, you know, what's going on with this, this, and this? Well, you know, Alicia did talk with Alex and this is kind of what's going on. And that helps me put things into perspective, right? Like maybe it's something that Alex wasn't a hundred percent comfortable sharing with me. And it might not, I might not get the details, but I can at least get a flavor of what's going on. Or, you know, I don't need to call you out, Alex. It's not anything specific.
2: <laughs> You're <laughs> awful. An
0: example. like. If- I- you know,
2: something
0: going on, or there's something that's happened at work that maybe I'm not privy to. I don't need the details, but if I understand that something's going on underneath whatever interaction I have with that individual, then it puts it into a different place than it would have been. Like that, react instead of you know, the respond instead of react. Um, understanding the context around somebody's emotions can be very powerful, and I think that because. Alex and Alicia are very close and Alicia and Tyler are close and Tyler and I are close. And I, I for a period of time, managed Alex and we tend to be closer than most. Um, yeah. We're able to kind of share sort of the aura that's going on um, and help every each of us can help just kind of be a little more sensitive and thoughtful about the way we we engage um, because we have a little bit more intel with each other, which is it's helpful.
1: And just to be clear, Tyler and I are also close. Oh, yes, sir. Um, yeah. I didn't close that. Ty- My fault. Yeah. I
3: was going to, but I knew Alex had it.
1: <laughs> yeah. I got you, boo. Yeah, you, you two uh, the
0: longest of all of us. We have, yeah. Yeah. <laughs>
3: yeah. yeah.
0: And this, uh, Fi360 is the place where you, well, Alex, you had a, a job before you came to Fi360, right?
1: Yeah, it wasn't an office job, but... Um, yeah, I had, I worked at a, a bank.
0: Okay. I was a teller. But I, I, I guess you could say your careers both kind of kicked off with FI 360. Yeah. So there's a bond there that's different, um, as well.
1: Yeah. Tyler, um, Tyler came almost like pretty fresh out of, of college, right?
3: Yep. First job Oh.
1: Yeah. And I'm, I'm pretty much the same, um, and uh, so we both arrived at the FI, you know, bright-eyed, bushy-tailed, super young, and have grown up pretty much at FI 360. Um, both of us are, well, I'm in, I'm in, my, I'm in my early 30s. Tyler is uh, about to enter his
3: 30s. No, don't put that on me. No, I'm late 20s <laughs> still. Oh.
1: I, know, I know you're in your
2: late 20s. I'll so be
3: 29 but... this year.
2: You make it sound like it's a bad thing.
3: <laughs> well you guys complain as though it is so um, hello?
2: um
0: 40 almost two is lovely so yeah. whenever you all catch up you can you can share in the glory Here for it. <laughs> it's <not yet>. no <laughs> don't don't wish it away enjoy every second
1: um uh, but yeah tyler and i met um he he's been at fi 360 for what six Six ish years?
3: Yes, six years. Look at you mowing. <laughs> Girl,
1: I'm, I know things. I know some things. I'm not Jon Snow. Um, but yeah, he, it, when, so we had an office in the, in a different location and it was um, quite different from our, our current office. Um, actually, I should say um, our corporate office because we're all working from home right now. <laughs> right. Yeah. Home offices um and it was like it was such a different environment in the in those offices and everybody was kind of you know segmented and siloed in their own little area and, and own department whereas in our our corporate offices now you know we're um we're very open um, you know we it's a very open concept um still cubicles but you know we're not very segmented. You know, my team is very integrated with um, the development team and we sit pretty much right next to Tara's team um, and marketing. Um, The product team is near us. So the only people that are not near us are Tyler and Alicia's teams.
2: We're the redhead stepchildren. We're on the other side of the office.
0: Hey, they are always on the phone. So (laughs) I don't think that's an appropriate description.
2: (laughs) (laughs) I am a redhead,
0: uh, <laughs> so I'm allowed to say it. <laughs> yeah,
2: no, it's not. It's not an appropriate description. The reason we're on the other side of the office is obviously we're on the phones with clients, and it's louder. Um, so they have us separated from all the people who typically aren't on the phones with clients, so that it's not as loud everywhere.
3: It's my so understanding? We are the largest department. Yeah, you are collectively sales and support.
1: Yeah. And we appreciate you guys being on the other side.
2: <laughs>
3: yeah, I'm sure you do. <laughs> um,
1: but yeah, the 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 vibe at the other office was very different, and it was very. Um, it, I don't. I don't want to say it was antagonistic, but it wasn't as collaborative as um, I feel like we currently are. Um, would you Would you say that was accurate, Tyler?
3: Yes, and and that's what I kind of wanted to. I'm happy that you got there because I think that it's uh, the way that our office is laid out now is kind of symbolic to the culture change that we underwent as an organization.
1: I agree. And
3: I think that like our office space, uh, we are more collaborative today than we were six years ago, for sure, between departments as a whole. And I think that, not only the work husband, work wife, work spouse uh, relationships have to do with that, but also kind of just us being more receptive of each other, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. Uh, It kind of speaks as a whole to the pre-approved sign off of you know, Alicia is more comfortable approaching Tara because I, I have such great respect for her. Um, but Alicia, as a department head, you know, leads an entire team who also have that same respect for the both of you for the same reason. So it's kind of like a trickle-down effect, and it helps encourage collaboration across departments as a whole. And it's just funny how one person can be the catalyst so much.
0: Yeah, I didn't. I never really thought about it that way, Tyler. That um, that trickle down effect, the impact that it can have on so many relationships. And even if I'm not super tight with a, all the support folks, they at least understand me um, in a way that maybe they wouldn't have if you and I didn't collaborate well. Alicia and I didn't collaborate well. Alex and I didn't collaborate well. That's um, really interesting. That. You know, extending your hand to one person um, saying, hey, you know, that book sounds interesting. Do you mind if I borrow it? Um, Or, hey, uh, you know, what's your favorite kind of music? You seem like you're really into music. Tell tell me more about that because I'm always looking for more more things to listen to. You know, that little gesture can change the dynamic for so many people in a working environment. And what, what power that is to have that kind of a positive impact. I always think about how how much of our waking lives each week we spend with these people. I want those relationships. They don't have to be my best friends forever, but I want those relationships to be positive. I want I, I want my life to be as good as I can make it for as many minutes as I can make it. Um, And if I'm going into work every day, ready for battle, that just makes me sad that I'm missing out on that much time where I could be enjoying my life. So why not have an environment where you're uplifted and supported? It's not, don't let me paint this um, rainbows and roses 24-7 for FI 360. That's just not the way it is. But I feel good. And I love my job. I feel good going in every day because I know that even if everything kind of falls apart and it all hits the fan, I can go across the floor, uh, literally the exact opposite corner from where I sit and go to Tyler and just say, just tell me something good. Tell me something good so that I can get through this moment. Um, and I know that he'll do that for me. so i and I just never I never really thought about the impact of that the positive relationships that we have and what that means for other people on the floor. I think that's really powerful mm-hmm.
2: Thank you for pointing it out. You're I think welcome. it's you're right, and I think it's also really interesting that there is this sort of underlying respect and um I don't want to say need for collaboration, but Appreciation of collaboration between all of the departments at FI360. And while it's not all roses and sunshine and rainbows, that is always there for the most part. You know, like everyone understands how symbiotic we all are. And they understand that we all need to work together or we're all going to fail. So I think that not only is it important that you have that work wife, work husband relationship and Yes, your relationship with Tyler lends you to both of his teams, including mine, but it also lends my whole team to the whole marketing team and, you know, all of the other teams that you've managed over the time. So, you know, the professional development, um, and it sort of reinforces that underlying need to collaborate. Mm-hmm. And I think that's really important for a healthy workplace.
0: Yeah. And I think that's kind of the point that we're making about this, you know, what we're calling work spouses, work wives, work husbands, is that it's just we we are seeing the positive relationships and, um, you know, what they, the kind of impact that those relationships have, not just on us personally, but on the company as a whole, on our department's you know what that means that attitude shift you know when i first came on board in marketing and sales and marketing and product and marketing and literally everybody were at odds and what a change we have now where we feel more engaged and part of a team you know one of my team members well both of them really but one in particular like joins the sales happy hours that um occur <laughs> during our you know remote working period that we're in right now and um, that to me speaks to um, you know how how deeply engaged she is with the team and the personal relationships that they have forged, um, and and how positive that is. Um, so I I wanted to see if um each of you could share something. Two things. One, uh, sort of one thing that your significant other has taught you, and then also on these podcasts we do like to highlight some of the things that we're consuming, whether it's a book, a magazine, you know, a blog, podcast, whatever it is that you would like to share that you feel has a positive impact on you or um, that's, that's really been something good for you that you'd like to share with others. So um, I'll put Alex on the spot first. Alex?
1: Mm, okay, wait, what was the first? Um, something
0: um, positive that um, Alicia has shared with you or something that you take away from your relationship that's really important.
1: Hmm. Okay. Um, so I, uh, I take my work very personally and, um, I am also very high strung and I, um, I also tend to react and not respond. And so I do the same thing that Tyler does. Like I might write out an email, um, that's a reaction. And then, you know, I, I don't, Alicia is like, mm, no, no don't <laughs> don't do that. Um But it's I think that it's a true saying that behind every I don't know I don't I don't know if this applies, but like behind every great email is you know another person. Like I don't write things by myself, um if that makes sense. Um I bounce things, ideas off of her. Um I'm I, I, I use her basically as a, that's a bad word to say. I don't want to say I use her, but, um, utilize, she, I utilize her, um, her perceptiveness and her, um, intelligence and creativity as a, as a soundboard for mine. Um, and I think that that's something that I really lacked in any sort of previous work relationship that I had at Fi three sixty. 360. Um, and I feel I feel better about going to work knowing that I have somebody in my corner and somebody that I, I know that is gonna um help me write a, a a difficult email or um you know is going to be there to bounce off one of my crazy ideas that I come up with for the FI three sixty off of, you know, she, um, she helped me, um, you know, we obviously helped each other with the bridge initiative, but, um, she was the first person that I bounced the idea for national fiduciary day off of, Mm -hmm. um, and all the other like little things that I have, um, created in the past three and a half years. And I don't think that I could have done that without her. So that's, that's, that's a big thing for me is having that, that confidence, um, that she, she brings and allows me to have.
0: I love that. So now what's something that you have consumed, book, podcast, whatever you'd like to highlight, that has, you know, that you've been able to take something away from, something that you've learned from?
1: Okay, so I recently read a book, of course, because, you know, I actually took a picture of all of the books that I have read since the start of like my quarantine, which I consider to be the day that FI 360 sent us home. yeah. Um, and you guys are going to laugh when you see it. It's, it's tall. It's almost as tall as me. Um, but it's called love does. Um, I can't remember the author. It's like somebody Gough.
2: It's Rob Um, Goff.
1: Yes. And it's basically this book of short stories, um, short, um, uh, you know, like personal stories and, and, and like anecdotes that he has had throughout his life. Um, Examples of when um you know love doesn't just say love um, is action, and him saying yes to whatever sort of you know crazy thing, like there was this one one anecdote about how you know he takes this walk and every night um, or every week, and he came across a couple who. Was um, or sorry, a guy who was trying to propose to his girlfriend and he offered up his boat to this couple that he had no idea who they were for the night so that this, this gentleman could propose to his girlfriend. Oh. And yeah, I mean, it's, it, some of the things in this book were really interesting and they, they really moved me. Um, you know, actions speak louder than words, I think is the, the basic, you know, boiled down premise of this book. Um, and so I really, I enjoyed it and I highly recommend it. Very good.
0: All right, Tyler, I'm putting you on the spot next.
3: You know, what's I love the spotlight? the
0: spotlight. Yeah, yeah, I know you do. <laughs> so I want you to sing how you feel about, no, I'm kidding. So, um, um, what's, what's one thing that you have learned from me, something positive that you've learned from me or our relationship or interactions? And then what's one thing that you've been consuming or have consumed? that you think other people should know about? I think I know the answer.
3: <laughs> yes, you do, because it's my favorite thing ever. Um, <laughs> well, well, I don't know. No, it's for sure, because it, it encompasses a lot of things. So uh, since I was talked about it so much, I'm going to answer your questions backwards. Um, the thing that I've been consuming is kind of an umbrella housing a bunch of other things, but um, impact theory is the organization... And, um, it covers, you know, podcasts and a reading list and video series just on, you know, the idea of being an of leaving an impact and becoming an impactivist, if you will. And I think it's appropriate and maybe it's me, uh, finding justification for my next claims. Um, but it It's interesting that you know one of the one of the belief systems uh, of an impactivist is that you can learn something from anyone, so it basically encourages you to identify that something and learn it as quickly as you can um, and 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 not discriminate who you learn it from. and I think that that segues pretty nicely into something that Tara has taught me and that is to I wanna I wanna word it well, but it's more live with abandon and be unapologetic for who you are, right? You have this innate you have this this deeply rooted belief system made up of your core values and and it and your goals and whatnot. And you can't be apologetic about the pursuit of those goals uh she she's taught me that no is a complete sentence and
0: yeah. you don't
3: have to have yes. justification for not living up to somebody else's expectation for you and she is living proof that uh you can have it all and i i met tara when i was a little younger but i'm uh, and, and i'm not making this an age thing but tara has lived life you know being in her 40s her early 40s me being in my late 20s um the fact that we can have such the relationship that we do speaks to you can learn something from anybody right we find common ground and age doesn't get in the way um she's walking proof of being able to have it what i would say have it all sure there are things she wants in life but she is successful in her personal life and her professional life, and even with a side project. And when you look at those different areas, so many times you don't see people who are able to accomplish everything because they are forced to make a choice um, and maybe dedicate too much time, you know, relative to what they want to another area of their life. But Tara has found a balance. And I think it's because of, her unapologetic nature of living towards the goals that she has. So I think by example, she's taught me those things.
1: That's really beautiful.
0: <laughs> you me cry. Oh <laughs> my God, it's not, not me. me. Yes. <laughs> I adore you, human. <clears throat> Thank you. <laughs> All right, let's move on. Alicia, what is one thing that you've learned from Alex and something you're consuming? That you think uh, other people should know about.
2: Well, so I want I I want to say things that I've learned from all three of you, if that's okay. Um, sure. So the th- the thing that I've learned the most from Tyler is um, to respond. He's gonna cry. Just so that we're all clear. He's not gonna cry. Is to. Well, I said
1: you're gonna cry. No, <laughs> no, I'm not.
2: No, I'm not. <laughs> Tyler has taught me how to effectively manage people and not positions. So to care about the human being who's sitting in the chair and not just look for a heartbeat to answer the phone. And not that I was like that before, but I think that he really hammers that home. I also think that Tyler has has taught me how to respond and not react, which I know we've said before, but like, that is something that I, have embraced wholly. And I use all the time, even not, even in my personal life. Um, you know, Tara, I I think that Tyler sort of stole my thunder with you is that you have taught me that just because I'm a mom, that doesn't mean that I have to lose myself in the process. Yes. And that who I am is a thing besides a mom. Like I, I have, I don't want to say value, but that's what I'm going to say. I have value besides being a mom and I have my own likes and per- and dislikes and perceptions. And I don't lose who I am in the event of becoming a mother. Like you can have both of those things. Yes. And I, I'm thankful for that. So thank you. And and I'm grateful that you taught me that so early. So I don't have some of the sort of identity crises that other mm-hmm. people have later in life. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know how to put what I've learned from Alex into words, but you know, I think that Alex has given me confidence. Certainly. Um, She's given me the, the confidence to believe that I could be promoted, that I could be the manager that I could do really whatever I want. If I put my mind to it and she's always been there as my biggest cheerleader, but also the best person to ask questions of and to to discuss things with, so that I can get a different perspective and I can become the best manager slash employee slash person that I could be. Um, I think she's also taught me sometimes you get knocked down and you need to be patient because you will be able to get up, but it may not be as quickly or as you know perfectly or fiery as you want it to be, you know, sometimes you just have to wait for the slow burn, if that makes any sense, but you know, do what's best for the people that you work with and for yourself and to care about yourself, um, in the workplace. I I think the, the biggest thing that she said that I have kept in my mind is if, if you're You need to make sure that there's somebody in the room for you when decisions are being made. Either you need to be in the room or you need to have somebody who has your back that you know has your back. Um, so I think she's really taught me how to advocate for myself. And that's something that if there is someone out there listening to this, who's looking for that sort of person of trust that we've been calling a work spouse, um, Is find someone who will advocate for you, but will also be that person that sort of keeps you in check. Um, Find someone that you respect enough to let them tell you when you're wrong, and accept it. Um, And I think that that is the biggest gift that Alex has given me is that sort of relationship that I have never had in a professional capacity before. And something that I'm consuming, I really am not consuming that much because I have twin infants, but I don't have oh, Enough. <laughs> you're
0: consuming a lot of diapers. and Yeah,
2: making a lot of bottles and I'm yeah, not sleeping. That idea that you're not wholly defined by being a mom. But right. But have- right now, a lot of my time is being taken up by it. Yeah. Um, I'm not really consuming a lot, but, you know one of the things that this quarantine has taught me is you don't need to be able to go places and spend a lot of money to, to enjoy time with your family. And, um, the other thing is to self care. Mm. And you know, if you, if your cup is empty, how can you fill other people's cups? Yes. So take care of yourself and take the time that you need. And if, if I need a couple of hours to just sit outside and not have anyone speak to me, then that's what I need. And everyone needs to get in line. So, <laughs> so I think that I've, um, I've learned that during this quarantine, that's my, that's my consumption is I'm making sure that I take care of myself.
0: I think that's a great lesson right now. So
2: That's wonderful. Thank you. That was beautiful. Tara, tell me your things. Uh, yes, Tara.
0: Yeah. Okay. <laughs> uh, so the thing that I've learned from Tyler, um, I've learned many, many things from Tyler. Um, and I, I don't really know how to sum it up because I just, it's just sort of like an all encompassing experience. But, um, I think the most powerful thing for me, um, recently is that, um, you know, he talked, he talked about impact theory. Um, and he has talked to, to me a lot about, um, finding your why and, um, you know, just the purpose, what, you know, why are you doing what you're doing? What is the purpose of what you're doing? And really, the self-reflection that I have to go through to get to that, I have not, had, I've not done that a lot. So he's really helped me explore that sort of self-discovery more. And um, I think that that's been really important for me, particularly at this, this phase of my life. Um, and he's also um, been really good at saying, you know, why not you? You know, if there's something that I admire or that I sort of, you know, quote unquote, wish I could do or whatever. He's like, well, why not? What are the steps mm-hmm. that you need to take to get to that destination? Um, let's break it down. Let's go through it. Let's start from the beginning. Um, he's, you know, he is not, he's never um, held back by, at least from what I can see by insecurity or a feeling of, you know, I'm not good enough. Um, so he he passes that on to me freely and um has really helped me. you know I have a lot of work to do in that area, but you know every time I feel myself kind of slipping away from that, we have a conversation. he's like, Tara, I haven't seen a blog post from you lately. What's going on? <laughs> and he just like makes sure that I'm you know keeping my own goals and priorities in check, and that that's really very important to me. Um, something that I'm consuming that it's just such a, it's such a, an easy one for me, but it's like so recent. And so, um, it had such an impact on me, but, um, part of what my goals were for 2020, um, at last year I read eight books, which is like nothing I know, but it's, it was eight books. And so my goal for this year was to read 10. I'm like, let's, You know, if eight was last year, let's up it a little bit, a manageable goal. And I was like, okay, Mm -hmm. I'm reading 10 books. And so I did a list of the 10 books I was going to read and Michelle Obama's Becoming was one of them, which I was so late to the party on, but it was, it was one of those reads that made me, it's just, oh it's nostalgic and it's, it's empowering and important and a beautiful story about an amazing family. Not the Obamas—that's one amazing family—but the Robinsons and the the lives that they had together, and the lessons that they learned together. And um, you know, one of the things that Michelle said to herself in the book that I have said to my daughter was, she would, you know, in the midst of anything that she was dealing with, particularly when she was the first lady, you know, she would say to herself, "Am I good enough?" "Yes, I am," and then she would go and do it. And I was like, that is such an important lesson. I I need that. I needed that. And you know, whenever my daughter's kind of showing me uh, you know, kind of hesitance to do something, um, I look at her and I say, Are you good enough? Yes, you are. Repeat me, repeat what I just said, repeat it to me. Um, and then anybody who hasn't watched the um the sister piece on Netflix becoming um Oh my gosh. So good. yeah. It's so good. Um, it makes yeah. me want to go back and read the book again. Um because it's, it's a tearjerker. Though. It, it really is. It's just a really beautiful story um, and inspiring through and through. Um, so I definitely encourage anybody who's interested to consume one of those two things. So that's it. Um, anything else that anybody would like to share? Uh, we're, we're bumping up against our hour. So um, I want to give everybody the floor one more time.
1: Um, I just want to say thank you to, um, Alicia specifically and Tyler very much, um, love you both, and I have such respect and admiration for both of you. Obviously, Tara as well. I,
0: I mean, obvious,
1: obviously. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, I just think you know you're all great. Um, but so one one thing that you know the four of us were talking about before we you know hit record on the podcast was that we wanted to. Um have a takeaway for whoever's listening, and that takeaway was um maybe you know like a step um at, like how do you identify who your uh work spouse, your work partner, you know that that person that you can trust um is in your own work environment so um do do you guys have any? advice for that? Any, any sort of identifying metrics of a work uh, partner that you'd like to share?
0: Well, from my perspective, I mean, Tyler touched on it before, um, where we have an age difference, right? So I'm going to be 42 next week. Thank you very much. And um, when he and I first met, um, you know, he was in his mid twenties, I was in my late thirties. And, you know, if you look at the math, it doesn't add up that we would get along as well as we did. But I think that I the most important takeaway I feel for trying to find somebody that you can connect with is to not limit yourself on who that person is, what their life looks like. Um, you know, you could learn and feel support and um, and encouragement from anybody. So be open to the idea that um, you can find a connection This sounds so e-harmony, but you can find a connection (laughs) with truly truly anybody. So um, just be open to that. And and I feel like going into, into your work with an open mind and a willingness to be positive about the things that you're doing can go a long way for developing strong work relationships that can kind of spill over into your personal life too.
1: Tyler, do you have any sort of identifying metrics that you'd want to share?
3: I think, I don't know that I can word it any better than what Tara said. It's someone you're not because you, you look at someone who can complete you or make you better. And if you already occupy those traits, then what is the need for them? So look for someone who isn't you. And someone who's able to challenge you um to be better.
2: Alicia, anything you want to add? I think um I said this earlier, but find someone that you respect enough to share things with that you can trust, but also that you respect enough that if they tell you that you're wrong, you you can take it and accept it and and move forward and grow from that. So don't let it be just like, oh yeah, he's my work spouse, you know, but we, we, we don't really correct each other. And, you know, I think the most important and most impactful part of my relationship with Alex is the fact that she's helped me grow through constructive criticism. And that's not saying that she doesn't support me. She does, but she tells me when I'm wrong and she tells me when I could look at things differently and that I'm better for it. So find someone that you can do that with. And
1: Alex, That's what about you? you. Okay, so I, I read this article a while ago. I actually posted it to um, our, our Bridge Initiative team's uh, message board, um, like, I don't know, almost a year ago. And they had, this, the woman who wrote it had three identifying metrics. And it was, I'm going to bastardize this a little bit. So um, who's the first person... That you complain to at work, who is the person that you go to when you have that that spark of an idea to help you work a work a problem, and then the last one is who's the person that you go to to ask if they want to have drinks after work? so those were the three. Um, I love all the things that that you guys said, and I, I think that those are really good takeaways. Um, if you listener are, uh, if you have any other ideas about what a work spouse is, we would be, um, very, um, open to hearing what you have to say. Yeah. obviously.
0: Absolutely. Well, thank you, Alex, Alicia, Tyler. I appreciate all of you but not as much as I appreciate Tyler. Just kidding.
3: (laughs) Except she's (laughs)
0: not. She's not. She's really not. (laughs) No, I truly, Alex and I have talked about this kind of a podcast for a while. And um, this just seemed like the perfect time for the four of us to get together. And as Tyler likes to say, gas each other up. Um, It's, it was, it's important. Uh, I know I'm walking away from this whole hour, just feeling pretty good about things. And, um just really i really appreciate the relationships that we have and um I hope that anybody out there who's listening to this um can take away a couple of a couple of nuggets that they can apply their to their own lives and and find somebody to connect with and hopefully it's it's somebody that you can eventually call your work wife or work husband because that relationship is really super special and um it is. Yeah. yeah it means it means quite a bit to me so Thank you. And uh, Tyler and Alicia, we appreciate you being our guests today. Thanks for having okay. me. Yeah. <laughs> All right, everybody. Have a great day. Thank, Thank you. you. Thank you. Thank you for spending your time with us. Again, this is a little louder now by the Bridge Initiative. Thank you to Alicia Mater and Tyler Kirkland for this great conversation. We love you guys. If you have any questions, topic ideas, or if you'd like to join the Bridge Initiative community, email us at bridge at fi360.com. You can also support the podcast without spending a dime by leaving us a review on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. Until next time, we want you all to get a little louder now.